Come on, good morning. Hey, it's good to see you guys here. Once again, if you're just tuning in right now or you're listening to the podcast, I just want to let you know who I am. I am Pastor Eric alongside my wife, Natalie. We're the lead pastors at Dwell Church. I'm just so glad that you guys are watching, listening, tuning in. However you got this message, man, I believe that it is for you. It's not by accident that it got into your phone. It's not by accident that you see it up on a screen. It's not by accident that you're listening to it on the headphones. And maybe you've been on the journey with us already or somebody sent this to you. I believe there's a mission behind that. And it's not to manipulate. It's not to coerce. It's to love. And that's the message of Jesus. And this series that we've been in, Come to Your Senses, has really surrounded that idea that that what is the church's mission? Uh, Whenever we're coming together and, and it is this full sensory experience, what are we actually trying to accomplish in this? Uh, we've been doing this online thing since June of last year, and we've gotten to meet so many people, a lot of people who are in our in-person campus, which you're always invited to. I would love to see you at it. But many of those people, whenever they come, they're going, I saw you online. I saw that opportunity. And so some people have asked us, well, why are you in person now? Doesn't that cost a lot of money? Isn't there a lot of things with that? And I say, Yeah, it is, but it's worth it to get this full sensory experience, to get the thing that God has intended for his church. And and so I I believe that this series, we're in week four. I want you to go back to the other three weeks. We're almost done with it. I believe this week is going to be a game changer. I, I believe this week that if we latch on today's message, it's going to enhance the other senses that we've been talking about. Are you guys with me? I believe that this is going to be a great word. So if you're titling today's message right now, I want you to title it this way. Come here. Come here. God, I I thank you for Dwell Church. I thank you for the word that you're giving us here today. Uh, And God, I I just feel a sense right now, even recording this, that on on the day that people are listening, that the day that people are watching, they're listening, they're watching for hope. So God, I I just pray that that hope doesn't come from my words, it comes from yours. Uh, My hope, God, is that, that we come into this experience expecting you to speak something true in our lives. So God, whatever we brought in with us, whatever hardships, tragedies, worries, anxieties, bills, our our, our family issues. God, we just lay them down right now. We lay them at your feet. We know that you are strong enough to take care of them. We know that you are faithful enough to never let them go. And right now we just choose to be in the moment. God, we settle all of our senses to be here with you. We're focusing on your words. We're focusing on what you have to say. So God, speak to us like you've never spoken to us before. We give this to you. We love you. And in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, Marco. Marco. Okay, some of you guys don't realize that we're playing a game right now. Uh, there's probably like a Marco listening and it's going like, is he saying my name? No, no, I'll, it's Marco Polo, right? Did anybody play this game whenever they were kids? Uh, me and my brother, we, we grew up in a small town in Western Illinois. And kind of in the summer, there's only one thing that you could do. And that was go to the community pool. So we would wake up bright and early in the morning, eat our breakfast, you know, get some cereal, get that cinnamon toast crunch. Come on. And then we'd sit down and we, we'd watch some cartoons, you know, some Animaniacs or Pinky and the Brain or whatever was on. We would just choose to watch that. 
And then we get our swim trunks on, we get a towel, and then we would just book it to the pool. And one of our favorite games that we played inside the pool was this game, Marco Polo. If you've never heard of the game, don't worry, I'll explain it. Uh, It's basically a game of tag, except one person is it, and then whoever else is playing is trying to not get tagged. And so what this one person does is they have to close their eyes. And the way that we played is you went underneath the water, you spun around, and then when you came out of the water, you had to keep your eye closed, and then you could yell out, Marco, and then all the other players that were playing had to yell out, Polo. And this is how you found people. This is how you tagged them and got them out. And so you have to use your sense of hearing and you got to tune in to a different way, a different wavelength than you've ever used before. I love this game. It was so much fun. And I, I considered myself a Marco Polo champ. Come on, challenge me. It's okay. You don't know anybody from Western Illinois. I was the best person in the neighborhood, right? <laughs> and so, But there's a, a funny moment in the Bible that's kind of like this game of Marco Polo. Uh, I love looking at the Bible and looking at it like it's real life because it was, and, and it is real to us. And we see the story of a young man named Samuel, and Samuel grows up to be a very significant voice in the Bible. He grows up to become a prophet. And here's all a prophet was. You might have heard that name or that term before, but this is all a prophet is supposed to do is hear God speak and speak God's words. And and let me give the ending of my message away right here, because this is it. This is all that God's people are supposed to do. We're supposed to listen to what God is saying and then say what God said to us, which is an incredible responsibility. But when you look at the time in which Samuel is growing up and learning God's voice, he didn't have all of the resources like we have right now. He he doesn't have the Bible. He doesn't have the Old Testament. He's living in the Old Testament. So they had to rely on God's word to give them direction, to move nations forward, to start and end wars, to end poverty. And they were to rely on these prophets to speak God's words. And so they had incredible responsibility to not just speak, but to listen. And here's where we find young Samuel. He he has not yet stepped into that role of a prophet. And in fact, from a young boy, even whenever before he was conceived, his mother had promised him to work and live in God's temple. So where we find Samuel right now is he's working underneath the authority of a priest named Eli. And let's just go ahead and read this. First Samuel, we're going to look at chapter three, verse two. It says, one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel? Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? And he got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. 
You know, I, I I need my sons to read this story because I've never called their name once, especially in the middle of the night, and then get up and actually run to me. But but this is the first point that I, I want to address here in this message is that how lucky was Samuel that God, the, the creator of everything, chose him to, to speak to Samuel, even as a young child, and he calls out his name. What, what an incredible honor. What a crazy series of events that we're already introducing to our prophet Samuel here. And I think there's a lot of people who look at Natalie and I or other pastors and preachers and they say things like, God told me, or I feel God told me, or I feel like God is calling us to, and they go, man, how lucky are they? I mean, I, that's the optimist view, right? How lucky are they that God is speaking to them? Maybe you're a pessimist and you've been hurt by the church or you've seen this used wrong and you go, how do you know that God is the one that spoke to you? And here's what I found is that this quote from a Roman philosopher is true. He says that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So to answer your question, how do I have confidence that God is speaking to me, that, that God is saying something, and I'm just repeating the words that I feel like he is calling me to? And I think the confidence comes from that I'm in the right place at the right time, right? I think this is Samuel too. What we see in this opening passage is that he is laying down, sleeping in the temple, in God's presence, as close as he can get, and he is in the right place at the right time. This isn't rocket science, right? If you ask me a question that only I could answer, that only I have the possibility of answering, you ask the question, then got up and walked to another room in the house, maybe even outside of the house, and waited for me to answer, you're not going to hear me. And at best, you're not going to hear me clearly. Uh, but this is what I'm seeing time and time again, is that we want to hear God speak, but we're not in the place in which God is speaking. And, and here's what God is saying to you today. Here's what he's saying to Dwell Church today. Come here to come here. He's saying, I have something to say, but you need to come close to hear it. He's saying, I, I got a word for you. I got a vision for your life, but you're so far away. You're so in a distant place that even if I were to speak, and I believe he is, you wouldn't even hear it. Uh, this is Samuel right here. Is, is He's laying down in God's house so then when God speaks, he can respond immediately. And there's many times that that Natalie and I, over the years of doing ministry, that we've gotten to counsel people and, and go through life with them. And, and man, what an incredible honor that, that people would trust us with some of the hardest things in their lives, uh, some of the great tragedies and, and, and hurts and pains and sufferings, and, and some of it just the everyday life things that, that they always kind of ask the question of, uh, what does God want me to do? Uh, what am I supposed to do here? And, and we always try to answer, but, but not from our opinion. We can tell you what God's done in our life. I can point you back to the Bible, but you have just as much access to that as I do. But let me just be an interpreter of this moment. But you're asking the right question, but just to the wrong person. Um, I want to drive you to the person who can answer that question. Now, I can give you an opinion, but God can give you the truth here. 
And here's what I'm seeing in life right now is that Samuel gets this, but we don't. Samuel gets that if him to be the the voice of God, he's got to be around God. But a lot of us want to clock in and clock out and only ask God questions when life is hard. And so it's great. We show up to God whenever we need something, but God is speaking all the time. But are we listening? And so here's Samuel. He hears the voice of God and he jumps up and runs to where he thinks the voice is coming from. And so here, let's keep reading. First Samuel chapter three, verse six here. It says, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. And here it is, verse seven right here. This is key. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Did you guys catch that? He had not yet heard from the Lord before. He didn't know his voice because he had never heard from him before. This is Samuel right now, that when he hears his name called out, he jumps up. When he hears a voice that is authority in his life, he runs to it not away from it. He he goes straight to the voice he thinks is going to speak the truth and the reality of his situation. But I'm seeing a lot of people that when we feel our name is called upon, we feel called out, not called up. Though we feel like someone is trying to point something out so that we just feel bad about ourselves. And so we go on the defense that God's going, hey, Sarah, hey, buddy, hey, 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 Josh. And we go, huh, oh, what? No, God, please. And it's like being called to the office of a principal. But, but Samuel jumps up and runs to authority. You see, I, I think Samuel knows something that we don't, even at this young age, which is why he was going to be designated a prophet, is that God was for him, not against him. So God calls upon him. He's excited to hear from his father. He's excited to hear his words. And, and, and I think a lot of us, it's not that God's not speaking, it's that we want to choose to be deaf to God's words. I think a lot of us, it's, it's that we know God has an opinion on the life that we're living, that, that God has something for us and has a plan for us. We just don't want to hear it. And I get it. Uh, I'm with you on this. I don't like when some of the wrongs in my life are exposed. It, it feels like I'm failing. It feels like I'm losing something. But instead, what Samuel's doing, what, what we can model ourselves after, if God is for us, not against us, that when God calls us out of something, when he goes, why are you there? Why are you in that club? Why are you in that house? Why are you buying that thing? Why? What are you doing? We don't feel like, oh, I'm such a bad person. No, we hear it as an opportunity that God cares about you, that he doesn't want to lead you to a mistake in your life. But we go, God, no, I, I want to have my thing. And God says, I want to ha- let you have the best thing. I, I want something better for your life. Uh, let's finish up the story here. First Samuel chapter three, verse eight, it says, so the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then 
Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Will you guys allow me to sit in this like metaphorical seat of Eli right here? There's a temptation for us as leaders, I've already kind of hinted at this, for us to speak on behalf of God. And and sometimes in the confusion of that is that we can try to take on God's authority with something that he's never spoken to us before. And so it may sound good and it may come from a good person, but it's not the right words. It's not the thing that is supposed to be said. And so right right now in this world, I'm seeing a lot of people saying that they're speaking on behalf of God. I'm saying it. The pastor down the street is saying it. That pastor on social media is saying it. Hey, we're living in a world right now that for some reason, your Facebook friends with like your aunt's best friend from high school, and she posts something in the name of Jesus, but it sounds a lot like bigotry. It doesn't sound like Jesus, but as long as she says, God told me to say it, then she gets to say whatever she wants. It's this blanket statement that allows you to say wrong and hurtful things that God never said. And here's what I'm hearing. We want to hear God's vengeance more than God's redemption. And just because you disagree with someone's point of view doesn't mean that God has written them off. Even if they're living a life that God said, that's not my intention, God is still not writing them off the same way that you and I would, the same way that you and I have the ability to. And I can already hear the comments on social media and in the comments here and in the posts that are, are you saying, you, you know, that people can do and believe whatever they want? No, calm down. I'm just saying, know your role. Do you know who God sent to speak to the sin in people's lives? Jesus. Do you know who God sent to love, help, and listen to the lost, broken, and confused people? You. He sent you to listen in Jesus to speak. This are the roles that we're supposed to be living in right now. What I'm seeing a lot is that it's that kid in class that has the right answer, but only to half the question. Let me give an example. Does God love you and forgive you for everything that you've done? Yes. But let's finish the question. Does God love you and forgive you for everything you've done and the person who wronged you? Well, it's a much different question, right? The first half of the question is all grace and forgiveness. And God, I may not be worthy of it, but I'm so grateful for it. But the second half requires us to not just look at ourselves, but look at all of God's people, even the ones who hurt us. And God's not saying that you have to go to your abuser and hug them and and, and all that. No, no, no. He's just saying that he loves them and there was a plan for their life and it wasn't what they did to you. It wasn't how they hurt you. And there had to have been a long series of hurts in their life to get to the point of hurting you too. And God has an incredible grace and forgiveness for all people. 
But if we only stop at the first part of the question, we're going to miss the bigger thing that God wants to do. Here's what I found is that before we can speak for God, we need to hear from God. Before we can speak for God, we need to hear from God. James chapter one puts it this way. I love it. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Why am I putting so much energy into this? Because we have to know what he is saying in order to respond correctly. Uh, but we can't hear what he's saying if we choose to close our ears or, or we don't let him finish speaking or we're not dwelling in his presence where he is at. You, you see, God is asking you and me to come here, to come here. At, at dwell, we, we practice what we preach here. That if, We're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word. After this passage in James that I just read, that's what he says. Don't just listen to this. This isn't just a good idea. It's something that you need to go and live out. When we sat down and and asked God, where do you want a church in Omaha? He said, right here, online, downtown. That's where I want it. So we went. And when we got here, we asked God, what do you want us to do? And it's simple. I think every church, he's responding this way to every church. I want you to love and serve the community that you're a part of. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to create an opportunity here at Dwell to go and serve our community. We're listening to God speaking and he's saying, go help, go serve them. So next Saturday at 10 a.m., I have an opportunity for you not just to be hearers of the word, but to obey, to do something bigger. As a part of our community outreach ministry here called Do Well, we're gonna spend next Saturday morning cleaning a local park here in downtown Omaha. We're partnering with a great organization called Keep Omaha Beautiful. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna go spend time at Gifford Park. It's a, it's a park right, like right next to Midtown um, here in, in our, our, our bigger downtown area. And, and we're gonna go clean up. And not just that, we're, we're going to get together, we're going to clean, we're going to have fun, we're going to laugh, all of that good stuff, but we're also going to pray. We're going to sit in the park and we're going to have a moment to pray over this area, to pray over this community, that all people who walk into this space feel protected, healed, and covered by God's grace, and that they would hear from Him that He loves them and forgives them and wants them to come home. You see, we don't get to do that if we're too busy talking and not doing enough time listening. Church, God is asking us, come here to come here. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this word. God, I I thank you that that you are speaking constantly. God, whether it's through your Holy Spirit giving us direction, power, and wisdom, it's through your Son's redemptive work and his teachings, or God, this bigger 
bigger picture of your wholeness of creation, that you have not left your creation abandoned, but you've come, that you're with us, that you're speaking to us, that you have something for us. So God, I pray that Dwell Church, God, let me speak for Dwell Church here, for, for us in this room, we want to hear. We want to hear from you. And God, we, we don't want to just be hearers, but we want to be doers. But before we speak, before we do anything else, God, what do you want to do? How do you want to work? And how can we partner along? God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. Make sure to sign up for this Do Well project. I only got 10 spots available. If we hit that 10 mark, I'll, I'll add another park. But I, I would love to see you guys there. It's going to be a blast.